Hello and welcome to a special Stella-themed bonus episode of The Book Show. I'm Claire Nichols and Sarah Lestrange is here with me. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Claire. We've both been reading our way through the shortlist for the Stella Prize. Yep. And I'd love to know what you made of Enza Gandolfo's The Bridge. Well, I really loved this book. It's a great piece of fiction, but it's actually inspired by the real Westgate Bridge disaster in Melbourne in 1970. Um, 35 wow. people were killed when the bridge collapsed during construction, and it's still Australia's worst ever industrial accident. Gee, I heard this book took Enza seven years to write. It did, and I really wanted to find out why this was such a passion project for her. I was 13 in my first year of high school when the Westgate Bridge collapsed. And I think for me, I mean, I was, I'm the daughter of working class parents. My father was a boilermaker, not on the bridge, but he was a boilermaker. My mother worked in textile factories. And we lived 10 minutes away from the Westgate Bridge in Yarraville. Most of my neighbours, knew everyone knew someone who worked on the bridge. And I think at that age, I was just sort of starting to understand about class and about power and about, I was just becoming a you know young feminist. I had all of these ideas percolating in me. And then to have this tragedy happen for 35 men to die and for it to come out that it was really negligence by the companies that were involved, that that had a profound impact on me. It made me think a lot about justice and about the way that uh, a city works, the way that we dismiss or pay very little attention to the people who are the workers in the city and how much their lives, you know, that the whole thing about the worthy the worth of their lives in a in an accident like that. And I guess the continuing impact on a community so affected by a tragedy like this. Have you been able to reflect on what this meant to the community at the time and even still today? Absolutely. So that was one of the things. I mean, I wanted to tell the story of the Westgate Bridge collapse, but I was also really wanting to explore how people move on from these sorts of tragedies and what they mean in the span of people's lives, but what they mean for people's families, what they mean in the community. And, you know, the the collapse of the Westgate Bridge obviously had a profound impact on the whole city because if you talk to people about it who are sort of, you know, in their 60s and who were, remember it, they do remember where they were and what they were doing at that moment when they heard that the bridge had collapsed. So it had an impact on the whole city. That's partly because in the 1970s, you know, the building of the Westgate Bridge, that was a pretty exciting, it promised all this, you know, the city's progress, the joining of the two parts of the city together. So the whole city was looking forward to the building of that bridge and the bridge being finished. But also in the community, I think the you know, there was this sense of betrayal. They had put all this work and effort into this bridge and all these men were working on it and they loved the bridge. The men, the men still talk about how they loved the bridge and there was a sense of betrayal. But what a lot of the men did, I think, was take that the survivors, took what happened and worked tirelessly to make industrial health and safety legislation stronger. 
And really we have them to thank for the fact that we have much better legislation now protecting workers than we did then, though, you know, there's still a long way to go. In your book, we meet Antonello. He's a young rigger, an Italian migrant, a newlywed. He is working on the site. He sees the accident happen. He loses friends. And then we jump forward to 2009 and we see him as an older man. How is he still processing this tragedy at that age? Well, he's still dealing with the trauma of um, the collapse. So as a young man, he once the collapse happened, he really never recovered from it. He went on with life, like he was married, he ended up having a couple of children, but he never really dealt with the trauma uh, of the collapse. So there was no counselling for the men. Um, there was no support for the men. They just pretty much had to get on with it. And that's what he tried to do. But really he had suppressed uh, a lot of the pain and the grief of it. And it seems to me that it's such a tragedy, not just for him, but for his wife, Paulina, his children, because they're all, they're all still dealing with that, aren't they? And the implications and the effect that it's had on Antonello. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I wanted to explore. I mean, when when there is a tragedy, when something like that happens, it's not just the people who are involved in it, you know, not just the workers, it's the families. So for, for Paulina, I mean, he changed. He was no longer the man she had fallen in love with and married. He wasn't ever going to be that same person again. And I think whenever there's a tragedy, it has that ripple effect across the whole community. I mentioned that most of this story takes place in 2009, and we don't just meet Antonello and Paulina. We also meet Jo. She's a teenage girl, and one night she makes a terrible life-changing mistake. She gets behind the wheel of a car drunk, and she causes an accident which results in the death of a friend. How does Jo cope with the tragedy in her own life? Well, the, the thing I, I mean, I wanted to explore with Jo, like to be in Jo's situation where you make a mistake and your and your mistake ends up, you know, causing somebody else's death. The question for me was really, how do you ever? get over that? How do you cope with it? How do you move on? Do you have a right to move on? And Jo is struggling with all of those questions herself. She doesn't know whether she actually has a right to keep living, um, having then caused the death of someone else. And, you know, she's not a bad person. She's made this terrible mistake, which she will, she needs to be punished for, and she is punished for by law. But you know, how do you get on with life and how do you make a life carrying that with you? Mm. The book really seems to focus on the themes of guilt, the themes of grief um, and, and possibly redemption. Is redemption going to be possible for these characters? Do you believe that that redemption is pe possible for people struggling with guilt and grief? I do. I mean, one of the things that interests me and I think, you know, grief is something I wrote about in my first novel I'm writing, I've written about again in this novel. I think is the thing that interests me is human resilience. So, you know, 
I grew up, I was born six months after my uh, father's youngest brother died. And my grandmother, I think for just about the whole of the 20 years she lived after that, she would almost every day she'd say, uh, my life was my life is over. My life was over the moment my son died. And I grew up with that mantra. And once I was, you know, a little bit older, I realised that that's not how everyone dealt with grief. And that also that if people all dealt with grief like that, there would be no world because we all have to cope with the loss of our loved ones. And I think since then I've been really interested in exploring that, you know, how do people deal with grief? How do people deal with loss? And we all have losses in our lives where we think, you know, I'm not going to be able to recover from this. But somehow we manage to pick up and keep going. And that's what I guess I'm exploring in this in this novel, partly, you know, is how people deal with grief and loss and culpability and guilt um, to rebuild their lives. And I do think that we can do that. And I do think that the characters can do that. That's Enza Gandolfo, one of the shortlisted writers for this year's Stella Prize for writing by Australian women. Her book, The Bridge, is published by Scribe. And we're featuring music by Australian women in this special series. To take us out, here's Melbourne musician Laura Jean. I'm missing you. Missing you, missing you, I'm missing you Missing you, missing you, missing you 